Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Welcome back to the show where sometimes our signals get crossed, but our swords always are. It is the Crossing Swords podcast, and it is time to strap in for another season. Another season of heartbreak, another season of confusion, and another season of unbridled passion and trying to stop this playoff drought that the Sabres are currently in. I'm Maniac. This is Crossing Swords podcast brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Let me get my co-panel in here. You know him. You see him every day. You get a beautiful minute with him each and every sunrise, sunset. It is Gatesy. Gatesy, how you doing today, sir? We have preseason action. I think we have, what, a ceremony going on for the Maple Leafs right now? This seems a little inappropriate for the preseason. Yeah, we got a lot going. It is, you know, Craft Hockeyville, so they, they got this brand new rink in. They're doing all this stuff, the festivities. Kind of fun to see, but, you know, for a preseason game, it's it's a lot. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how this game goes. We'll be watching along with you all this bit part right now. Now, you might be asking yourself, where is intern Vinny? He is locking it down at Canisius College. He will be joining us mid-show. And obviously, we'll be watching along as the Sabres start this preseason action against the Maple Leafs. But Gatesy, let's get into it because it was a long offseason. Um, it wasn't super eventful. I wouldn't say. I, I wouldn't say there were any big, you know, moments or anything like that. Like, I, I think back to last year with the Bills offseason, signing Von Miller, things like that. Like, the, even the Bills offseason this year, re-signing Poyer, et cetera. What do you got? What do you got? I mean, you're talking to a guy that decided to do a daily Sabres show in May. So, you know, there was a lot of days where I was stretching to find anything to talk about. And, you know, there, there were some good days. There were some bad days. But, you know, for the most part, I talked out of my ass for a lot of it. There's, you know, talking free agency, whatnot. But, Right now, I, I feel like we're in the heart of it. You know, our first game is, what, two weeks away, like regular season, October 13th against the Rangers. With preseason going on, the prospect challenge last week, I, I feel like we're in Sabres mode right now. Things are going, and for right now, knock on wood, Maniac, things are going pretty well. These prospects are playing well alongside the big guys. I mean, Zach Benson, we, we could talk forever about how he's been doing, the hype around him. But right now, like, I, I think we're starting to see things really kick off for Buffalo, both on and off the ice. Seriously, in more ways than one. So let's get into it. Obviously, they'll be getting into it on MSG. Unfortunately, the Maple Leafs broadcast, and we'll get to that in a second. But we've seen two preseason games so far. We got, what, UPL uh, and co. in that tonight after Levi yep. kind of held it down last night. Let's take a step back real quick. Uh, what did you think of the game last night, what we've seen so far in preseason? And I guess it starts and begins with number 27 based on how the last decade has gone, right? Yeah, like it's honestly like last night couldn't have gone much better. I mean, it was really Buffalo's kind of A team versus the Providence Bruins, their AHL team for the most part. But I thought Buffalo looked really well. They controlled a lot of the game. 
Levi made some really big saves when called on. Um, and I, I was really happy with it. We all saw Zach Benson got put on the first line before the game. I, and I think he blew away any expectations we could have had. He looked fantastic alongside uh, Skinner and Thompson looked incredible on the power play. Like uh, there's something about this 18 year old. That's just like, it's it just working at the NHL. He works hard. He's finding the puck. And I, I mean, all of preseason so far, like I think we're as Sabres fans, we are seeing what we want to see, which I mean, I think it's a crazy concept for us, right? This doesn't really normally happen. I was going to say, I can't remember the last time I even really focused on the preseason. I mean, I guess it is the young group and it is kind of the, you know, the part where they are expected to turn the corner. So it's not surprising. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun to be a Sabres fan, uh, you yeah. know, so far in this preseason and so far as things build up. I think even the charts people from the last couple of games, uh, the charts are very good as well. So love to see that. Um, and you mentioned Benson. I wanted to talk about him, obviously. Um, w- with, you know, being 18 years old, is, is it almost too soon? Are, 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 are Sabres fans already doing a victory lap based on what we've seen from him in such a short stint um, already up at the NHL level? Oh, I mean, 100%. No, I, don't, I don't see an issue with that, taking that victory lap. Like, I think as Sabres fans, we got to know we got to take our victories when we can take them because they're, they're for the most time, they are far few in between. Um, and Benson, he, I think he's a guy that, I mean, fans were super excited about, but in, I, I, Buff, Buffalo sports fans, we do set our expectations high just to get crushed, but Benson's really, I think exceeded those high expectations. I think at least for me, I was expecting all him to come in. He'll, he'll be fun to watch. He'll do okay. Send him back to the WHL, have a good season. But I mean, I even wrote that article the other day about if he has a chance at it and like different possibilities for him this year. And even since that article he played last game and each game that I feel like the, the legend of Zach Benson keeps growing in the city of Buffalo. What about you, Maniac? Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, I, I will never claim to be able to assess hockey film, things like that, but he just looks like a fluid player. He looks very comfortable, like you said, playing with the first line yesterday. And, and I get it. The Bruins, first off, the Bruins aren't what they've been for the last decade. Apparently, they have been saying for that for the last couple of years. But just to see, you know, his poise, his composure, uh, I think it was a power play uh, assist yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, people were even the back about pass. the difference in the puck cycling, the way that happened on the on the power play. So you love to see. I just feel like Don Granado as a coach, and, and you know, I've praised him on here for the last two, two or three years or whatnot, but always just does the right thing in a situation. You're in preseason. Let's let the young kids play. Let's let the young kids play up at the top line. Let's get Levi those reps. Just similar, you know, another example is calling up Levi with like 10 games last left last year and just playing him every single game because you really don't have a choice if you wanted to make the playoffs last year. But with that said, again, it's great to see Granado doing the right things, taking the right steps uh, to kind of ensure, you know, this team's success and that we don't leave a stone unturned going into the season. Um, we will talk more about the team as we continue the watch along here on the Crossing Swords podcast. What's new begins again, brought to you by Outlet Liquor. But... We'd be remiss not to talk about it. It's been in the circles, quote unquote. It's been in the tweets. It's been in the reels. It's been in the TikToks. Patrick Kane, obviously trying to latch on with an NHL team, uh, had a decent run, I guess, for the Rangers in their playoff series last year. And when he caught on with them after the deadline, I guess there's a couple of schools of thought. Um, You know, I think the online savers Twitter and everything, and and they've kind of realized this, are completely anti-Kane. They seem to think that his, defensive numbers and his defensive output um, are going to be too damaging uh, to what the Sabres are trying to do. And I think there's a fair argument there. Uh, The Sabres right now, do they really need goal scoring? 
Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I guess they need leadership, and obviously you can never have too much goal scoring. But if you were to add something to this team, I think you would focus it more on locking down the defensive end, playing a little bit better on special teams, which I guess Kane can help with. But with that all taken into account, Gatesy, where do you land on the Patrick Kane discussion and, and going forward? I, I think right now, especially Buffalo's forward room, it's already jam-packed. And then you throw in these prospects who are doing really well in the preseason and who are buying for these spots that probably really aren't even there in the first place. Then you throw in another forward. You're going to have Jack Quinn come back from injury sometime around December. Um, and Patrick Kane, like, I don't really know. He's coming off this hip surgery. Like, what's he going to bring to the Sabres roster that's not already here? Like, I, I think the biggest appeal to bring Patrick Kane to the Sabres is he's from Buffalo. I, You know, it's nice. You got the big name coming, coming to town. It's, it's nice for Buffalo to be in the talk of these, like, big free agents again. But at the end of the day, I would rather have someone else have that spot on the ice than Patrick Kane, 110%. Whether it is a younger guy who's getting this ice time to be, you know, to get to that next step, or just the guys they have in the room right now who, who might be considered like veterans, I'd rather see them on the ice over Kane, at least for me, any day of the week. Yeah, I think I think that's the argument that, you know, there, there's two sides there. There are There is that he's from Buffalo. He could be the piece. Wouldn't it be poetic if, you know, he came back and, join the team and put them on a run and everything like that. I think that's five years too late at this point. Um, if you're going to bring him in, I think the 2018, 2019 season was the time to do it. The Blackhawks were struggling, but Kane was putting up like 40 to 50 goals and could have been a difference potentially on that Eichel uh, Reinhardt mm -hmm. team, obviously. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, with that said, there have been whispers that what Buffalo is in the mix, I guess, but there hasn't been anything concrete besides, I mean, really just those whispers, what Darren Drager just maybe saying like, they're in the mix. Again, I, I just don't feel like that's a solid, you know, oh, this is happening or always oh, like on a visit or things like that. Yeah. And, and I'm glad Kevin Adams says that's his job to, you know, do what's best for the team, put feelers out, see what things look like. If I'm glad that Buffalo is interested in bringing players to make this team better. It doesn't mean Kevin is going to pull the trigger on every single name that, you know, the Sabres are interested in. But knowing that the team is actively pursuing to be better, which I think has been a, a thing we haven't been able to say for forever. Uh, it's good news. Um, and just because Sabres are interested does not mean these things are set in stone. They're going to happen. And I, I think Patrick Kane is just such a divisive, obviously, manic, you know, divisive player on Saberhood, whether you're on Twitter or Facebook, everyone and their uncle has an opinion on Patrick Kane. And it is one way or the other. There's not a lot of people who put their arms up and are unsure about what Agreed. to do nobody, nobody is impartial on the Patrick Kane issue, for sure. A lot of, uh, a lot of opinions he's there. Uh, say, what, Maple Leafs on the power play here? I'm just kind of hearing it yeah. in the background. But, uh, no, still five zero, minutes zero. into the game. Still 0-0 zero, zero as we walk a little bit into the game here on the Cross and Swords pod. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, uh, so meeting expectations so far uh, for Levi. Um, you know, again, really, what was – I get this is kind of like the Patrick Kane thing in that there was no in-between. I feel like – you know, if he allowed one or two goals, you know, had a bad period or thing like there, yeah, sure, you would have just, you know, kind of wiped off. If he allowed three or four goals, got shelled, you would have been like, okay, is this worrisome heading into the season? Instead, it's been the exact opposite. Uh, Boston Bruins last night, I mean, everyone was talking about the positioning and net, the footwork, mm -hmm. all of the mechanics that you want to see. And, and, and again, that Levi and, and a player coming straight from college isn't supposed to have at this point. Are you surprised that Levi is meeting expectations? And again, I, I, I can fully acknowledge it. He hasn't even played a full 60 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But um, are you surprised that he's been meeting the fans and, and kind of the peripheral expectations of the pundits as well? I would say if you look at it straight from a spreadsheet, like analytical, like 
he came from college, did this, these were numbers here, this is what he did. I would say you'd be surprised. But everything we hear about Levi as the person off the ice, all the stuff he does, like just that mentality he has, I don't think it surprises anyone who really has learned about that, understood it, and kind of learned from Levi and what he's been doing. He just has that that thing about him. He's just a, he's a goalie. He battles, he competes. He's a fantastic skater, great position. He just works and competes. And honestly, like I, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I mean, I, I, I've been beating the, the Levi UPL drum all summer and people want to bring someone else. I, I want to run with these two because they are the present and they are the future. And goaltending is so volatile in the NHL. Like, what's, what's the point in bringing in a stopgap? We brought Connor last summer Con- for that. Connor and, Hellebuck. And we're still in the same position. Let people the kids talking- run. If you want long-term success, you need these two to, to be good. Like, let, let's let them figure it out and go from there. Yeah, I, I, I think you made a great point right there. And, and it kind of plays into the Kane angle as well. You're going to bring in a Hellebuck or something, someone who's been outside the system. Connor Hellebuck, from the from his you know headshot, looks like he's more likely to turn on the Sabres once he gets in the locker room than he is to help them make the playoffs. So I think you made a great point. It's about working with what they have in the room. And this isn't like 2021, 2022, where, yeah, yeah it was kind of a pathetic roster. You were in your post, Eichel Hayes and – you know, just to be competitive, just to be filling the arena was the goal for the team. Just finding, you know, it's not, it, was, it was not that long ago that Kevin Adams would just say we wanted players that wanted to play for the Sabres. I mean, geez, Louise, what a what an improvement in that time. And, you know, I think, I, you know, it's kind of like when Kevin Adams made his first couple moves, right? Like, like even the yeah. Tage signing is a great example. The Tage signing was questioned out the wazoo. Regression central, everyone was saying, oh, this guy's played like two and a half years. He, you know, he's got like, what, 52 total goals in the NHL or whatever. Instead, Kevin saw the development within the system. He was probably hearing it from Granado and the scouts. And obviously, we know the scouts team, you know, has been, you know, upping their game since the Adams-Granado administration has taken over. That's, that much seems certain as we constantly talk about players getting better within the system. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, you would prefer to keep someone that's already been in the building and someone who you already know what you're going to get out of. Exactly. Especially when we look at like the, the long-term success of the other franchises have had, like dating back to like what Detroit, Chicago, Tampa Bay, like these teams that have had these long runs of being the top teams of the NHL, all their players come in from their farm system. They're guys they draft, they bring in, they sign, they trust. And I think Buffalo needs to start doing that. And they have Kevin Adams has really harped on that. And you've seen in the signs he's made, they've been a little, you know, risky signing these guys to longer deals. But I, I think everyone's been paying off so far. The decisions he's made to, you know, trust guys that are in the building, maybe younger guys. I mean, granted, we're still in the preseason. Like, it, it's going to be a long year. There's going to be bumps along the road. But I, I think this is the right move for the team right now and going forward because what, what's the point in bringing a guy for you? Like, this team, you know, they're good. They're fun. We're, we're not trying – it's not cup or bust right now. We're trying to get to that next level and build from here on out. And you do that with guys that you have in your own system. Oh, Maple Leaf score to go up one nothing. Oh no! Guess, guess they're going to the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, with that said, I want to just wrap up one point on Levi real quick. Um, you know, Bills fans saw Josh Allen in 2019, and he wasn't everything he was gonna be, but he was. But you know, this was the guy who was picking the ball up out of the out of the scrum in Dallas and like charging forward. This is the guy who was hurdling Anthony Barr in Minnesota. You saw these things. Are Sabres fans, and again, it's, it's a much shorter timetable, so I, I don't you know, mean to put us you know, unfairly in, under the uh, microscope here, but are Sabres fans kind of ahead of the curve on Devin Levi compared to the NHL like fan ba- fans and uh, pundits as a whole? I, I think so. Like, 
you, you see so much of like national media coverage on Levi, like they'll say these good things and everyone else is like, Oh, he's played what 10 games or whatever. He's unproven whatnot. But I saber. Oh, I just saw that goal going. Not, not ideal from UPL, but um, <laughs> not ideal yeah, from Levi, for sure. Hey, it's preseason preseason yep. for everyone. Hey, figure it out. But, and Levi, I want to see like, how he bounces back here. Let's face it. This is why for you. Does, he, does he allow three goals in a period or does he start making some stops? So the Sabres can bounce back on the road here. I, I got it. Like every you night. said, it is the season of pre. I, wise words there, but yeah, I, I think Sabres fans trust Levi. They, we believe in him, And like, at this point, if we weren't believing in him, I, I think we'd all be hitting the panic button. Like we need to, to believe Agreed. in that and, and to go from there. But I think and everyone's this- on board and I think he's, he's earned at least some of that at this point. And to put a button kind of on this conversation, this is what like UPL's third, fourth year in the Sabre system officially. Yeah. Worst comes to worst. If you do get what you're expecting to get from Levi, you can always look at another goalie alternative come December, January, February, March. If you're in that position to make a push and it makes sense for sure. So I, again, I, I think yes. there was a lot of scuttlebutt and obviously this goal early in this preseason game doesn't necessarily sound like the best thing but i'm with you and completely in on it levi and upl going into the season i think a, a lighter load and less responsibility for upl we will get a different player uh, out mm-hmm. of him going to the season i think you just mentioned uh messing in some of kevin's riskier signings and things like that um so yeah. i actually want to get into it with Darlene here um this has been a story unfortunately for about the last hundred days uh since we yeah. were talking about you know, things pre-July 1. Uh, there was obviously the Chad D rumor uh, that a deal was going to be agreed to. For whatever reason, that hasn't worked out. Um, I will say right now on this show and live, I mean, I don't think Chad D is going anywhere unless he had something solid. So um, I will give kudos there, and I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up working at the end. But the scuttlebutt today, uh, day 97 or 98 of the saga or whatever, is that uh, it could be potentially, what, term? It could be four years versus eight years for Dalene. Um, I don't hate that from him, just to be clear. This is the first overall pick. This guy had to play with Ralph Kruger, okay? Yeah. This guy had to play in a Ralph Kruger system, which basically nullified him entirely. And he is getting better. He's obviously becoming mm-hmm. that player. I think uh, even Spitting Chicklets the other day finally acknowledged, you know, he's a top 10 or 15 defenseman in the world, and he's only climbing in those ranks. Um, mm-hmm. But if I'm him, yeah, I'm going to take it. I want a deal similar to what Josh Allen got. I want a deal so when I'm in my late 20s, I can get another contract. I don't want to be 33, 34, uh, and then get paid out my final four-year deal. I want to see where, you know, the money's going with the league and everything like that and make sure that I maximize my profit. Because, again, I put in time with Ralph Kruger and the Buffalo Sabres, who, no offense, have been a tough organization to play with the last four or five years. With that all said, Kevin has done these deals. Samuelson, Thompson, Mm -hmm. Cousins, et cetera. He has created so much room with those deals. So I want to ask you, do you think if you're Kevin with a Y, is it more that I've worked so hard to create all that room? I don't want to necessarily blow it on one player. And I, and I say blow it, you know, figuratively, because obviously Darlene is a massive piece of whatever this franchise hopes to achieve in the next half decade for sure. Or is it okay to blow a load on, on a number one overall with the team because you've created that room? Where, what, what's your school of thought there? My, my thought is you have so much extra space now because of these incredible contracts. Like someone's got to get paid. Um, and if it's going to be, you're going to win a cup, it's going to be because of Darlene. Like you see the work, everything he does offensively. And then last year defensively, that, that took a huge step up in his game. Like that was always his lack. 
Like he could move the puck, he could skate well, but defensively he was not great. He really shored that up, and I, he's he's the backbone of this team now. Like this this is his team. Like we even heard rumors over the summer that you know he's going to be the guy that gets to see when Ocposo retires, and I think Darlene deserves you know to get that that paycheck. Like he really is the start of like this post Eichel rebuild. Like you think back to like 2018, like he was like that supposed to be that final piece, but really now he's like that, the, that first piece looking at today's roster and who's still around. Um, and anytime he's on the ice, like this team wants to win that cup, make that success. It's, it's going to be on his back to do so. So I think they have, you know, some cap to play with, but you know, with all these young guys that are going to want to get paid, um, there's going to be some tough conversations years from now of like, who's going to, who are going to bring back who's who, who can we afford and whatnot. So hopefully, you know, that the dolling thing does get figured out, but he has all right to get paid that money. Yeah. He, he's earned to be in the position he's in for sure. Because again, he's always maintained positivity, anything like that. When things weren't the best of the team, now that they are finally turning around. Yeah. You would like to see him take a team friendly deal. And yeah, of course you would like to see Rasmus Dahlin locked up for eight years. Uh, do you have a pulse as a Sabres fan? Of course. Yeah. But with that said, you can't fault him for making sure he's doing his due diligence and getting the best deal for him, obviously. And speaking of best deals, get to outlet liquor, place to buy a case. Uh, but biggest wild card for this season. So I saved this for last. I was originally going to put it close to the middle, but I wanted us to have our discussion on Levi. I wanted us to have our discussion on you know how things look in the preseason. I definitely wanted us to have a discussion on what Patrick Kane because I think if you ask any pro Kane person, uh, they would say that you know acquiring you know Patrick Kane would be the biggest wild card that you can get going into the season. Uh, I'll kick this off um, because obviously you know you could write overarching things for sure, right? Like oh the power play could that be better? Oh can you get better goaltending? Like I would say those two things right away. Obviously are the two things that Sabres fans want out of the gate. But my biggest wild card as far as one player for this Sabres team, and it's not Matthias Samuelson staying healthy, even though I've obviously finger crossed for that based on how it worked last year. But it's actually the continued development and the continued ascension of Casey Middlestat. For two consecutive years, this guy has ended the season on such a high note, making dominant plays. I think the real big thing that reached the mainstream this offseason is the five-on-five play, right? His ability to create offense at five-on-five, which is gold. Anyone can do it. on. on, Looking at you, Victor Olofsson, but anyone can put up offense on the power play. Anyone can do that, but creating at five on five is definitely something you want in this modern day NHL. So for me, the biggest wild card for this season, and especially out the gate, is the performance uh, and the stats and the overall output from Casey Middlestat. Um, I wasn't sure if you were on the same page there or if you had a, a biggest wild card of your own going into this year, Gatesy. Yeah, it might be the preseason for the Sabres, but it's not the preseason for the Crossing Swords podcast because that was my exact thought. Like Casey Middlestat, 100% agree with you, Maniac. I'll find another player. I think Peyton Krebs, he's a guy yeah. that, you know, I, I think is in the, the Casey Middlestat conversation from what one, two years ago of a guy that needs to take that next step, has shown that flashes flashes offensively. And I think Krebs is taking big steps defensively as well, especially on the penalty kill. He's a guy that I think can take that next step and really elevate that Sabres third line to, you know, produce points, but also not get a thousand goals scored on them as well. That's going to take this team to the next level. And I think Krebs, if he can take that next jump, this team is really going to go into the stratosphere. Because you, you know those top two lines are just going to produce points. Like they are, they're good players, going to be a lot of fun. But after that, you know, the fourth line of, of you know, Gergensen's, Ocposo, and Jost, like 
they're just going to grind. That third line's got to be that, you know, continuation between those those two groups there. And I think hopefully Krebs can take that next step and he can do it. It's hard to keep a smile off my face right now because I'm having my first extended conversation about Peyton Krebs in like six plus months. And man, was that guy just a demon last year for some opposing teams. But you said it best. If he gets up to that, I mean, what what would be a number where you would take it right now? 16 goals? Like 14 yeah. to 16 goals, right? Like, like because obviously, yeah. I think, what did he have like last year? Like the low or the high single digits? Yeah, I, I can look now, but he's always been a guy that has been great moving the puck. Like, we even saw that in that first scrimmage. He had that great, you know, pass from Benson to the slot to Greenway who couldn't finish. Um, so he's going to be a guy that, you know, can get assists. Like, last year for Buffalo, he played in 74 games. Nine goals, 17 assists. Like, that stat line, not fantastic. So not I'm hoping fantastic. this year he, he – he, he's even proved it defensively. Like, hopefully he can get that offensive side of his game. He's shown the flashes like Middlestat did in years prior. That, you know, he, he can – Produce is just whether doing it consistently and, you know, maybe getting the right line mates around him as well. Like we talk like bringing that Zach Benson, if he somehow sticks on that line with those two, like that's going to trickle down some good forwards to that third line and that Krebs can set up, you know, maybe an Alex Tucker, who knows who named them. Like there's going to be good players for him to play alongside and move the puck to. All right. I know you swerved on this. I'll do Casey Middlestat right after you, but I want to put you to the test right now. Give okay. me an amount of points. And again, mm. I know it's not a one-person yeah. game. I know it's not a one-player game. Give me an amount of points that Peyton Krebs can have, and you're like, wow, the Sabres are going to the playoffs. If Peyton Krebs can get to 50 points, like I think that number, like 45, to, like if you can get 50 points out of your third line or 45, I'll say, um, I, I think lock the Sabres into breaking the drought because you know those top two lines are going to produce points. And, you know, I mean, the Sabres are just in like, I feel like in a shootout every other night of just these high scoring games. But I think if Krebs gets that offensive side to click, like things are just going to keep rolling from there. And he hits that 45 number, 40, 55, 45, 50. I I had it at 40 to be like right on the cusp of the playoffs. So I think 50, you're right at 45, 50, you're you're right. That would would put them over the top for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then for my wild card, our wild card, Casey Middlestat. Last year, you know, this was the awesome thing to see too. On top of the stats, 82 Mm -hmm. games played. So, you know, obviously some great durability there. 15 goals, 44 assists, 59 points. A, 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 a season that a lot of people were happy with last year for Casey Middlestat. With that said, I, I do think that, you know, we want to see that continued improvement, especially as he gets older here. You know, he's, he's finally uh, old enough to drink beers, I think. With that said, uh, I would look for 75 points out of Casey Middlestat this season. Now, that could fluctuate as well because, you know, unlike Peyton Krebs, if he ends up on the first or second line, I want, I want 80, 85 points from, from Casey Middlestat. I want him feeding Skinner. I want him feeding Thompson. I want him feeding mm-hmm. Tuck. I want him feeding Cousins. I want him cooking everyone up there. Now, with that said, if he is on the third line, though, like he has been in the past, uh, I would definitely take 70, 75 points as an improvement there for sure. Yeah, and I'd say the way Middlestat finished, I, I could see him playing on that second line alongside Cousins. I think those two worked really well in that last month, that last stretch. I, I think you find that right winger to play alongside them. I know they're trying to play middle set up the middle now, but him and Cousins work so well together. I thought, get them another winger, guy that can score. I think those two are just going to find so much success this year. Folks, appreciate you tuning in here on Crossing Swords Podcast. Our season debut episode, What's New, begins again. Apologies to Vinny Cristiano. I guess things got a little crazy at Canisius. Uh, but as we wind down here, I just wanted to you know get a couple announcements out there. As Gatesy mentioned, uh, he's been doing the Sabres in 60. 
You can expect that to continue all season long. Might give him a day off or two for maintenance. Of course, we got to get our rest days in here so he can get his beauty sleep. Of course, can't be Casey Middlestat, <laughs> but no, not everyone can. Uh, but keep an eye out for those every day, of course, and continued content from Crossing Swords. For reference, uh, for podcasts going forward, because I know we didn't have this one full time last season, you can expect new episodes of Crossing Swords podcast out roughly on average every seven to ten days. We are going to try and keep it closer to seven, but it might get up to ten. Keep an eye out for Cross Swords Pod on Twitter for any announcements on any episodes or any guests coming on in the future. But with that said, Gatesy, as far as the Sabres are concerned, the future is now. Let's go have a great season. Let's go have a great fall. Let's go have a great end to our 23. And let's have a good night now because let's just say it's all about three words. Let's Let's go. go. Sabers. Sabers.